what's going on Austin surrounding areas yo UFOs because they've been talking about them said, really though I said I wasn't gonna mention them either that dog <laughs> yo it is the grapevine as always I am Giannis Banks and I'm here with my fantastic co-host Miss Nikki Wooding how are you today I just look forward to your adjectives every week oh yeah but I'm doing good though fantastic <laughs> to be exact nah <laughs> I don't even remember what I said <laughs> <laughs> I'm figuring you're using the word I said, but I. Yeah, you said fantastic. Oh, so that means you didn't mean it. No, I, I, it means I meant it. I'm just okay. slightly tired. So, I know. We all are. Whatever I'm saying is probably coming out, going in, and going out. So, that's how we all feel. But, yeah. yes. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> Tired. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm good. Car maintenance this week is always fun. So. Adulting. So overrated. Oh, God. Definitely Somebody. one star. Why didn't I listen? Somebody told me not to grow up. You know, I was just telling my daughter that the other day. Mm. Don't, don't rush it. Enjoy it. And she was like, oh, yes. I am. I don't have to pay bills. You know, and I, I could feel her in that moment, but then again, on the other side, I was like, freeloader. <laughs> I got you. Right. Yeah. Okay, but before we get started, let's do some quick housekeeping. Sure. All right. Sure, sure. All right. Well, don't forget that you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at The Grapevine Talk and Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. Also, you can catch our full show mm-hmm. because a snippet is on KZI. We want to get the full shebang-a-bang right. on our podcast. So we have a podcast called The Grapevine Talk, and that is on Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Player, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening now on TuneIn, open up the app in a little bit and you can get the whole podcast. That's right. Right. So ready to get this show on the roll? Yeah, why not? All right. Well, it is definitely graduation season. It is. Have you seen on social media? It is nothing but college and high school graduates, even elementary school graduates as well. I mean, everybody graduates. Yeah, I've never gotten to the elementary, middle school graduation thing. But hey, (laughs) you know. At a certain point, graduation becomes watered down when the kids aren't excited. But right. I know the parents, they love it. Mm-hmm. We sure do. But want to get some tidbits on today's show. So we're going to give a little bit of tips for graduates, congratulate them, and, you know, get some insight about what's coming up next in their careers. So our first story, we have to go for our Texas college students. And I guess that includes our high school graduates because they're going off to college. Last year in 2021, there was $400 million in Pell Grants that Texas students missed out on just because they didn't fill out the free application for federal student aid form, also known as the FAFSA. There are a couple of programs here in Texas that will allow students to apply or be eligible for this aid. Some of this free tuition and fees are for foster children and adopted children here in Texas, and even those who are deaf and blind, so for disabilities, they also have free tuition and aid available as well. Of course, it's not limited to those specific categories. There are other ways in which you may be eligible for this free tuition. Fill out the FAFSA or the TASFA 
because there is a state-specific one as well. Whichever one you fill out, I know that some schools require students to check a box at graduation to make sure that they filled them out or whatever. Make sure that your student gets it done. Especially if you are a foster kid or have been adopted, even if it's been like a family situation where grandparents may have taken you in, you can still qualify for that free tuition. And there's always stories of students who didn't know that they even qualified for free tuition and they didn't go to, now of course you gotta be under 25 for this still to work. So even if you've aged out of the foster system and you're under 25, you can still apply for this. And if you're close to 25, at least get your higher ed process started. And so that's just an opportunity that they may not have told you about or may not have told your foster parents or your grandparents or whoever took you in about, or once again, if you're adopted as well. And so check that out because tuition costs too much. True. That link will be posted on our social media. So go out there, check it out. But also again, parents, just make sure that your student has filled out those forms so they can see if they're eligible for some aid. Why not get some extra money, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, shout out to Temple, Waco, and Colleen. Probably like, why? Well, they had an all black woman news desk that was on the air on May 2nd. We want to shout out to Shia Mose, Jasmine Caldwell, and meteorologist Ashley Carter for making history. This was the first time ever for an all-black, all-female news anchor team. Yeah. So congrats to them for making history. Their show airs every weekday called um, Texas Today from 4.30 a.m. to 7.30. So are your parents checking out the show? I'm putting them on the spot. You see they, that? They ain't waking up. <laughs> All right, look, they're not up. They well, were, tell them to set up the DVR. They're, they're retired. So now my pops, he's up, but he's out and about doing his home-based business stuff and having his calls mm-hmm. that he does. So I have an auntie. He said, you know what retired means? I was tired before, but I'm tired again, and I'm tired of working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and my mom is getting some well-deserved, well-needed rest, so. So, graduates, I know it's a touchy situation here in Texas, and I just think that I'm going to keep talking about it. As you can hear, my voice is almost out, but I'm going to keep on talking about it mm-hmm. because people need to, you know, know what's going on. Another student is being rejected to cross the stage because of his hair length. Yeah, Texas is going to Texas. Right. They tried to stop this from happening last session mm-hmm. with the Crown Act that legislators tried to pass. And unfortunately, that, that didn't happen. I know there's a national one as well. And we'll see how that goes. But this is really annoying because it's been the past. I couldn't even tell you how many years now. It seems like it's not even seems like it's been the past six, seven years where there's always multiple kids who are in danger of not graduating or whatever because they feel their hair is too long or is not cut short or is not quote unquote a normal hairstyle and this has nothing to do the hair does not distract folks or stop you from learning what have you so it's just you need diversity on these school boards and in right. these institutions to actually understand what different cultures look like what they practice what they are Mm-hmm. And when the school boards look a certain way or they all look the same, mm-hmm. you will have folks who don't have these lived experiences and then can't relate to what this is. Right. You know, I, I forgot to bring it up a minute ago, but there's been various black women news anchors that have been trying to also push 
the stigma of how black hair is supposed to look with the European perm or straight or whatever. And I think that that's a part of our perception of what to expect because we see them on the news every day, right? Mm -hmm. And that also goes along with how do you deal with people from day to day that have these similar hairstyles, whether they're dreadlocks or, or anything else, because they will help push the crown act like you were just talking about as well. And that's why I think the importance of that legislation is needs to be in place because you see these kids are just being affected and these are like some of them are model students and whether you're a model student or not it, yes. your hair length doesn't matter right that's true it, that's it, true. so the kids were supposed to graduate do whatever they do as we talk about trying to pass the crown act early voting for the runoff elections ends tomorrow right so there if you voted in the primary and there's a runoff election happening you have until tomorrow to participate in early voting and then, then that election is on tuesday the 24th as you talk as we talk about these stories and you hear about these stories and wondering why folks aren't doing whatever folks who are going to be in office should be something they're paying attention to i would hate to have another session come around i mean it's silly that this has to be done but i would hate for another session to come around and they're not able to get the crown act passed right and this is why you have to be engaged and you know it's unfortunate and for this next young man who came up travion gray is why this came up where he was facing disciplinary action and was told he couldn't attend graduation and of course, they're trying to decide now if they're going to sue Neatville ISD. Where is that? Fort Bend. Oh, okay. Fort Bend County. Gotcha. And I know the rep, one of the reps in Fort Bend County. I'm sure he's all over this. Right. It's, and I speak as somebody who had a crazy long, big afro in high school mm -hmm. over in El Paso. <laughs> I had a, a blowout. It wasn't an afro, it was braided. And I guess there wasn't school policy or nobody said anything to me back then. I had long hair and it didn't impact me anyway from learning or people around me. So it's just archaic and antiquated to have these rules and concern about hair. Right. Also, news for black college grads. They're coming out of school to a promising job market. So, based on last month's unemployment rate in April, the unemployment rate did remain at 3.6%. So, that's like a 10 percentage point from the 50-year low mm -hmm. that was established out back in 2019. Graduates, make sure that your application is ready. I mean, not application, your resume is ready get a good cover letter there's a couple of organizations out there that will help you make sure that you are ready for your next job take advantage of your career services yes. um, there at the university to help make sure that you are ready to go the parents the bug in their ear hopefully you've started to apply before graduation right to get a jump on that because you can put on the application you know graduating may whatever of 2022 and they, and they understand they'll give you a look so at least you won't be behind the eight ball maybe an internship that you've had turned into a job. I don't know. But get out there and, and be ready to join the wonderful world of adulting because trust me, them bills are going to be coming at you faster than you think. All right. So we got to change the tune of our show a little bit. Give you some other news that's been going on this week. Last week in the Dallas suburb, there was a nine-year-old white boy. He came to the front porch of his neighbors who was a black family looking for their daughter. Since the girl wasn't available or he wasn't able to talk to the girl, he then, I guess, scratched the car in the driveway. Then goes home, parents of little black girl goes to his parents' home mm -hmm. where his father brandishes a gun yeah. in their conversation and gets heated. Mm -hmm. And this is all caught on camera as well. Mm -hmm. This is just crazy that a kid this young is comfortable, one, with threatening somebody with a weapon, but two, in a household where this seems like it's some kind of norm. 
mother. That's why he's comfortable right. brandishing something. And you see, as the father, and what you left out is that in the conversation between the father of, of, the, of the kid and and, and, the, and the, the other father, the gun went off and almost shot his daughter who was standing behind him. Oh. So he almost shot his own kid trying to be Mr. Billy Big and Bad with his gun. He almost killed his daughter. So he has a felony charge yep. for deadly conduct. Right. I bet you there's a GoFundMe somewhere. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. But it's just sad of the fact that one this kid is in an environment where he's learning this type of behavior but didn't they ever show the mother do you know of uh, the of the, the white little kid? boy yeah that, that i've heard the all the interaction seemed to be between the kid and the mother of the daughter mm-hmm. the nashes mm-hmm. and then the when the husband showed up he went across the street and had the interaction with the father of the white kid of course there can't press any charges against the, the white kid because he's nine so he's too young for criminal mischief charges you know what they hit behind it, I guess the kids that got into a tussle prior to this, he was yelling racial slurs at some of the kids and even took a skateboard and was hitting some of the little girls where one of the brothers felt like he had been his little sister. So it's been a pattern of this behavior that's been going on with this little boy, with the other kids in the area. I hope that not only do we get to the issue with him, but what's going on in the household. Hopefully we'll see what comes from that and they can get that resolved. Well, also on Saturday afternoon, 10 people were killed in Buffalo, New York, while they were at a supermarket called Tops in a predominantly black community. So an 18-year-old white supremacist, he shot 13 people, and 11 of them were black. Among them, their ages range from 20 to 86 years old. Mm-hmm. And again, we're just doing some grocery shopping. Right. Through the heroic effort of Aaron Salter, who was actually the security guard mm-hmm. at Tops when the attack happened. He unfortunately was not able to stop him. But I think that he may have been able to slow down his progression throughout the store. Right. There were a multitude of people that were in the store. There has been so many reports of people's stories of how they escaped out of the store, what they saw. As you probably heard on the weapon that he used, there was racial slurs on there written on the weapon and the names of other white supremacists that were on the weapon as well. He did leave a manifesto similar to the attack there in Laguna, California, but he left it on a website and I guess it was about 180 pages long. Mm Mm-hmm. He mentioned the replacement theory and whatever the reason was. I, that's even aside right now. We have 10 people that lost their lives tragically and unnecessarily. Yeah, he had been planning this for a while. Right. Uh, and it had been postponed for whatever reason. He was going to continue shooting, going on a rampage afterwards if they hadn't caught him when he they did. And he had even been to the store the day before and was harassing customers there. They had ran him off. When they first got it, there was talk about doing a psyche vow and his legal team has now decided they're not going to do a psyche vow and just have him go to trial. Of course, he live streamed this through Twitch. Yeah. Which is how a lot of people found out about it or saw it. It was just a tragic situation, like you said, that didn't have to happen. Uh, I know the people, they're hurting and suffering in, in that town. As a matter of fact, the grocery store is temporarily closed. Right, and don't forget this was in the food desert. Right. It's so a food so, desert, for those that don't know, is pretty much an area that doesn't have many grocery stores in the area, mm-hmm. or affordable, I should say. This was the only one in the right. Buffalo area for the black community to frequent and get their groceries. 
Mm -hmm. So they they have some charities and different things set up to help people in the community, whether it's getting food or or what have you, just getting some aid because they're definitely shocked, especially the ones who lost loved ones. But people like, I was just about to head there or I just left from there. Or When you see why you hear why it happened and why he did it, it was senseless and pure hate. There's no other way around it. This isn't, and you've seen some people try to spin it. That's a mental health thing. We need to calm down. No, this was terrorism. I think even President Biden came out on Tuesday and called it terrorism. But uh, that's always the scapegoat, you know. The mental health. Mass shootings. It's yeah. always the mental health. Right. But I feel like when the suspect doesn't have pale skin, all of a sudden mental health is thrown it's out, the, out door, the window. Right. And it becomes a conversation of what was upbringing like, or listen to those rap music he's listening to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I just. Which is with this, I think you, you're seeing people who, who are who are people of color for the most right. part, and some allies, but in particular black folks. But you're hearing other folks as well saying, "Yeah, now the mental health thing, throw that out the window. This isn't a mental health issue. He's demonstrated history. He was investigated, I believe, last year at his high school because he was about to do some crazy things. And, and so this isn't a mental health thing. This is a thing of pure hatred and who he is. This is something I know the country is going to be keeping its eye on, but it's sparking up another conversation from this. Right, right. And but, I think you, you kind of hinted at it early on. Right. But before we even get into that, I know that I don't want this conversation to only be about the hatred. I don't want this to only be about the shooter in this case. But I want us to also remember the victims and the lives that it did impact. We had Aaron Salter, who's a security guard that we just mentioned there at Top Friendly Market. He was, of course, there when it occurred. And to the community, he's a hero. And to us, he's a hero as, as well. He is also a substitute teacher, a bass player, and a father and an amateur scientist and is passionate about creating the world's first car engine powered by water. We had Celeste Cheney. She's actually a breast cancer survivor and a, a regular at her church and a grandmother who loved bingo and going shopping. Deacon Haywood Patterson, he drove locals to the grocery store who would otherwise have a hard time getting there. He was one that many said would get the shirt off of his back and would frequently volunteer at the soup kitchen and clean the church. You had Geraldine Talley, she was 62 years old, and she had just arrived in the supermarket with her fiance. He survived while he was wandering down a separate aisle. Margus Morrison, he was 52 years old, also Buffalo native and the father of three, Andre McNeil. He was a 53-year-old native of Auburn. He was just there on Saturday to get his uh, birthday cake for his son. Mm -hmm. Catherine Massey, she was 72 years old. And ironically, just a year ago, she had wrote a letter calling for a stronger gun control. And that was actually published in the Buffalo News. Mm -hmm. She comes from a close-knit family and was a community member in local schools and elections. She cut grass in a local park, do the trees, and give kids toys on the street. Mm-hmm. Pearl Young, she was 77. She loved church and was a regular at the soup kitchen mm-hmm. and re- would prepare and distribute food. Mm-hmm. She was known for baking cookies and cakes and big pots of vegetable soup. She also taught Sunday school and led the youth groups in addition to working as a substitute teacher. We had Roberta Dury, she was 32 years old, and she was in Buffalo to help her brother and to take care of his children when he was diagnosed with leukemia. Ruth Whitfield, she was 86 years old, and she was a mother of four. She would regularly help her grandkids by taking them to football practice and take special care of the kid's father. 
So those were the victims. And I want us to remember the lives that were lost. Without a doubt, because it was tragic. And I, I think you can see how it's impacted many in the country, mm-hmm. especially in the black community. Right. You had the CNN reporter who was like, this is the 15th one he's done this year. What happened? And he broke down basically crying on air because yeah. it was too much for him. It was like, when is this going to change? You're going to get the same stuff from Democrats will be about gun control. Republicans will say mental health. And we'll just be right back at another thing with nothing to be done with thoughts and prayers. And so tragically, those individuals individuals lost their life unnecessarily. This falls at the feet of that white supremacist. We'll see how this moves forward. It's one of those things, the frustration for people too, though, is, you know, he even passed up a white lady yeah. during the shooting and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. And kept moving. He was apprehended without a problem by the cops. Knowing he was armed and was shooting, they were able to talk him down, talk him whatever. They taking the Burger King? But probably. I don't know. I don't think they did, but it's it, it's that when you have so many unarmed black people who are shot down because they felt some kind of way because they thought they had something. Uh, and and now he, you have a whole grocery store with 10 people and they're lying dead. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that type of threat. It had me somewhat torn. Me and my cousin was talking about it. I was like, well, I want to know why he did it. So right. there's that thing. of I, I want to. He needs to stand trial and hear what's happening. But there's that frustration of. But we know if, it, if he was a different color, it wouldn't have ended that way. Right. And I think that was part of his plan. That's why he wrote the manifesto out, because I don't think that he thought that he would make it to a jail cell or make it out of there alive himself. I just think that this definitely is going to further the call for new legislation, not only from black hate crimes, but even some of the rhetoric that's out there. How do we deal with that? I've seen the call for black hate crime bills, but I don't know what more can be done with the hate crime bills that's already on the books. Well, I think that they, okay, I think that people are saying that there's an Asian hate crime bill that's out there. Right. And that's one that's specifically targeted and protects category of people. Why can't there be something out there that protects a category of people that has historically been victimized by these types of crimes? because it doesn't really do anything and i know it was the attention was brought to it because of what was happening in the asian community but when you go and you read it all the bill did was say we'll do better with reporting measures and they will give some grants to police departments and they will have somebody who will look at some of the crimes the hate crimes that are happening during the COVID period from the doj so i mean if you want to you can have say okay well let's get somebody from the doj to look at Right. The crimes happening more often wherever else, but it's it's a bill that doesn't do much. Okay, but and, that, and that's something, the f- and I think that's what people want is something because we haven't done anything, and I think something is better than nothing. And I think that you have again a bill that's targeted toward a, a specific category, gives them money to help to further protect this category of people. We have now more investigations going into these types of crimes. I mean, I just watched a whole documentary on 2020 mm-hmm. about black women that are killed that the case sat cold for 20 years where the police had to come back and apologize because it sat cold for that long uh, had it been white women the question is would it have sat that long sure we talked about last week a, a cold case that sat for 20 years now the money they're getting doesn't go specifically for investigating of asian hate crimes it's money to help streamline with the reporting of any hate crime to local law enforcement and probably to hire more police officers and we know how that can go for communities of color 
and how that's been well, a touch, but that's been a touchy subject. And so I'm saying we've had the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill that's passed, and I, I, I mean I get folks are upset and they said they want to see something, but do you want to see something that's just for the sake of seeing it? Say yeah, they did something, or do you want something that's actually going to do something? Because all in all, that bill is just symbolic. It doesn't really do much of anything. It doesn't enhance the hate crime laws that's on the books already. It doesn't change any of that. It's just saying okay, we'll look during this COVID time period at some more, but it's not, okay. it's a symbolic gesture. Okay, but uh, there's two things to it. One, I'll go back to the conversation we had about funding. Now, that funding could go to helping police organizations learn diversity and inclusion, to learn how to deal with their constituents who are black. We don't know the wording of the bill or how they could put that together, but the symbolism part, I think that's something that we've been looking for for a long time. I think we've been looking for the government to recognize that this is an issue that's going on. And by even saying that the bill or even passing a bill like this, it is saying that, hey, we acknowledge it, we recognize it, and we're, we're looking to do something about it. And even putting a dime to it is more money than we had before. And yes, the conversation needs to be had about where those funds would exactly go. But at the same time, that recognition is something better than nothing. So is the Emmett Till anti-lynching law? Isn't that about lynching? Who's getting lynched? We know that's about black folks. Okay, but, okay, so, but who's so, also getting shot who's also subject we, to these hate crimes right. as well so, so uh, we, we, but we, when you say we don't we haven't got anything i'm saying so there is the emmett till anti-lynching law with the hate crime bill that money goes to everybody I it's understand. it's not just focused on asian americans so what when we're sitting there saying give us something they gave us the emmett till and, and and we need more but we're not saying what because i don't want to see another symbolic okay we'll pass a house resolution saying we are against hate crimes towards black people and it's wrong and and people will pat themselves on the back like, okay, cool, there's your symbolic gesture, but it's not gonna do anything more. It is gonna do something more. Like, I, again, it is them recognizing that this is an issue that's going on. The anti-lynching is targeted toward a specific crime. We wanna have a more inclusive bill that's saying that, hey, there's more crimes included in, uh, with this hate crime bill. But also, you talked about a minute ago that there was some funding that went along with it. Where that funding goes, is up to the language that is used in this particular bill, mm -hmm. but I would expect that there will be some funding that will be behind it. And this would encourage people to not only report what's going on, but also have another federal charge that we could add to the list of charges that they have to make sure that, hey, y'all know this is a this is an issue. Y'all know this was something that we were trying to curb. And if you come, you're going to come out here and attack black people, the government is coming after you. And I want to see that, especially the, as a lawyer. What's the extra charge? What what charge are you going to create? You have a violation of the hate crime statute. Isn't that already there? No. Well, the, excuse me, the hate crime against black people, the black hate crime statute or whatever it's called. So you want to single out once. So once you do that one, you're going to need to do one for Hispanics and then one okay. from the Asians. Well, you, should, you started with Asians, so go ahead and check them down. But you didn't, though, because they don't have that generate they don't have that separation of this is a hate crime specifically against Asians and we're, and we're charging you now the money it goes to state and local governments can conduct crime reduction programs to prevent and respond to hate crimes it's not dealing with one specific group it's dealing with all all I'm saying is until they have something that's going to be more than just symbolic they really can like save it we say we want something but what is it what what what, what should we get instead that's what I've been saying though well, I'm I don't saying, know, but what should we get instead I'm saying 
saying we have to figure we can't just sit there and say well we want the same thing they got well all they got was some symbolic thing that says but okay this is what i said we have to figure out we can't just sit there and say we want the same thing they had so you we, can reject this on the table what's on the table ain't nothing on the table this right here this is on the table you what's reject. on the table what's on the table um anti-black hate crime legislation that does what it gives us fun. we already went through all this no, we haven't because i you said you want the same thing the asians i'm saying what's in i'm asking what's in the anti-black hate I don't, crime we, we, I just said that it would be up to the language so we don't have the language yet of what that looks like. So then we but don't we have, have anything. But I said if. My magic word was if. And I said I'm <laughs> cool with it as long as it's not symbolic. But that's what it's I've been saying. It's going to be symbolic. What then I don't want it. What, then what do you want? I want something that's actually going to have some teeth and does some deterrent. Not What's something to say. What, not what something you, that's going to say. We can have that conversation. Like I said, I don't have that answer right now. But if we're going to have a conversation of what's in that bill, I don't want it to be, hey, crimes against black people are bad don't do it okay we're mad yes we're mad but give us something that's actually going to do something that something is going to be symbolic and then feel like okay cool we did something put teeth behind it like if i understand and, but you have to start somewhere y'all but we have no you have not we have hate There's crime nothing. bills so we can enhance those even more because right now you have the hate crime bills are set up where you have to prove how somebody felt or intent and so if you want to make it a little bit tougher than that you can look on trying to make that a little tougher if need be but we have stuff on the books it's getting to them to say okay how can we enforce these more often and make these maybe even easier to prosecute and not just saying i have to figure out how you feel and that's the same thing we have with the cops when they feel a certain way and they shoot somebody you have to prove that they didn't feel that way so if you want to do something with the hate crime let's take that out of it but just to say hey don't do it i want to see more like i'm i don't want to just see a symbolic thing i want to actually see something that enhances maybe the hate crime bills that's on the books not just a feel-good piece again i say that this is an opportunity again to help with our public outreach to get again reporting resources is the same thing. We can expedite the review of hate crimes that are going on against our people and also help to respond to them and prevent them because for the past couple of times we wrote manifestos online mm -hmm. maybe it's putting some resources toward an online bureau to make sure that they're looking into these things or detect these things against black people. I don't know but I do know in politics that usually the bills don't start off too big and we keep growing. And I just think that this is a foundation that has been a, a conversation that's been going on for the past couple of years. What those details look like, of course, is up to the lawmakers right. and us as well to push our lawmakers to insert language that would be preventative against crime, against black people. But I don't think that the way about it is saying, no, we demand more when we've been waiting all this time to just get something. And I want to start somewhere where even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime that the next generation can build off of. This isn't starting somewhere though. This That's already on the books which y'all asking for. It is. When you ask about funding and more resources, that was in that bill. That, exactly. For and the Asian so crime bill. It's not just for Asian crime though. They It was the highlight of what was happening, but nothing in the bill says this is specific about Asian crime. That's the thing. This isn't just about Asian crime. That's there. Give us something more that's going to be like meaningful, not just some symbolic gesture of we feel good so we did it give me something more that's actually going to make a difference because there's only so many of these feel good things you're going to be able to do and it's like well we can't do anything more then why are we having this conversation and figure we need to figure something else out okay i'm looking at the bill and yeah that's actually included in the bill what's included in the bill everything that you just said that you said that was in the 
overall bill. No, it's not. That was in the Asian crime bill, just to let you know. What is it? It's at the bottom of that page that actually you were on, because I was on that same page. Mm -hmm. The race had been cited. These incidents that took place with the people that were killed in Georgia, they'll have a review of of hate crimes during the applicable period that they said they'll have guidance for law enforcement agencies. You have included in there is the Jobara Hate Act that protects to provide the public with data regarding incidents of hate crimes, which we also need. Right. Um, it does put some things into place, and I, I haven't gone through all eight pages of it, but but it's not yeah. Asian specific, and that's what yes, I'm it does. It does. You you need to read over that. Yes, it does. I just listened to what you read to. I, I'm no, because I'm kind of paraphrasing as I'm going through it. Again, I believe that any policy that we can get on the books that will help prevent and help the government and have the government recognize of our issues in our community and provide resources to go there, then I would welcome it wholeheartedly. I understand that some people may not want more and that's perfectly fine, but I'm all about, I want a starting point so then I can go into the gusto. Meanwhile, with this conversation with the anti-Black hate crime bill or legislation that people are seeking, there's also something that needs to be done about some of the rhetoric yeah. that's going around, especially on, I'll put them out there, Fox News. Mm -hmm. You know, Tucker Carlson and his colleagues have had a history of emboldening people to do what they do, shoot up a grocery store. Fear-mongering. Fear-mongering, mm -hmm. yes. I believe that in the manifesto, the killer reference the great replacement theory right which was something that was i haven't read the manifesto either but i just know there has been great conversation about the great replacement the people are looking at tucker carlson and what he's saying because this is not the first time this has happened and he his rhetoric has been referenced where, where he's used the rhetoric of white supremacists or the extreme right wing or however you want to look at it him as well as elected officials have used a lot of this similar rhetoric and dog whistles for, for people when they talk about how normally it's like Jews or the elite or the left leaning they want to replace voters with all these immigrants and others to lessen your power doing nothing but dog whistling when none of that is true right and apparently this kid bought into it with that him and many others and this theory has been talked about for a while this isn't the first time this theory has come up came up in 2018 when there was a synagogue killing in Pittsburgh there was the wall Walmart in El Paso when 23 people were killed, when Texas was like, oh, we're going to do something about this when the session starts. Right. They, they didn't. They did absolutely nothing. And then there was uh, another man shot up a synagogue. He murdered one and injured three at a synagogue in California in 2019. So this theory has come up many times. Like they're quick to say CRT. They'll say CRT all day and how that is just the worst thing ever. But when it comes to this great replacement theory, they won't mention it at all. They asked Mitch McConnell about this in his press conference Ugh. and if he would disavow and he wouldn't even mention it he skated they around, it, around it. it right they they're quick to say the CRT boogeyman but when you throw this one up it's like it's not there there's no such thing or we're not going to address it we, I didn't say anything like that when they did and it's frustrating when you they just sit there and be like oh you, you speak the words but you get mad about the benefits that you're reaping from it or what happens afterwards and feel like you can disconnect from it I think 
that's again what black people are looking for is acknowledgement and that goes with our conversation that we had earlier but also it's just when does the FCC or somebody step in to say you have to stop like as far as Fox News when this organization or news parody pro you know they're not even listed as a news program it's a news commentary program correct so where did they draw the line to say okay you're going too far because can we just make up a news station just put all fake news on it it seems like it's legit now i think when you have a a solid case because that's the whole thing right there's there's folks we know where they're getting this rhetoric from right just like with the kid in buffalo how he didn't quote tucker mm-hmm. but tucker speaks the stuff he says now maybe he got it from tucker maybe he didn't and i guess they need that solid case that will say yes you went past that limit that you that you know your speech limit that you protection that you get and it's been an argument with the former president trump with stuff he said and how folks would bully the media at his rallies and the whole nine at a certain point we do need to get to that point of yo this is what's happening from the rhetoric that's being said right what's it's being inciting. taught you are inciting citing this violent mm-hmm. they may not be citing you by name mm-hmm. when they do this but you you have a show of x amount of viewers right. it's it's hard to and of course you gotta be i guess definitive but it's hard to believe that they didn't hear you say this and it came from you there's outs right there's yeah. just outs and loopholes w- with all of it and yeah it's tired when we talk about crt there was even a woman in Virginia because they're teaching CRT in schools her biracial kid now sees himself as black and feel like he shouldn't have to do chores because of CRT and it's like wait what right you can't blame this on (laughs) whatever like (sighs) Lisa (laughs) <laughs> okay, but before we go to our break, can we do a quick legal minute? Yeah. We need to end on a better note for this portion of our show. All right, so quick legal minute. I want to send a congratulations. Brittany Griner, of course, we've talked about her for weeks and weeks because she is currently detained in Russia, waiting trial or to see what's going to happen in her case. It's recently got extended. Sherelle Griner, she graduated from, drum roll please, the North Carolina Central State. Wait, the North Carolina Central University School of Law. You don't know your school name. I do. I was trying to put, I forgot the university. I was jumping to school. Uh-huh. Okay. All but right. Yes. And she, I guess, might be studying for the bar exam, but she did graduate cum laude with honors. And I can only imagine what, what it was like going through that program with all of that on her mind. I mean, it is a rigorous program, let me say. Whew. With all that going on, with Brittany right now, I'm glad she was in her 3L year at least. So the class schedule was decreased a little bit. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh. But congratulations to her. Yeah. I hope she like enjoys her moment. And I know it's so incomplete without Brittany there. But congratulations. I just want to send a heartfelt congratulations to her. Mm-hmm. Also, Taylor Schlitz. She is making history. She is from North Texas and she graduates from Southern Methodist University's law school as the youngest graduate ever. Like in the whole United States, the youngest law grad. Mm-hmm. How old was she? 19. Huh? Yeah. So when she was in fifth grade, she was a like, gifted Like last year? What? <laughs> no, right. She was a, considered a gifted student and her parents started noticing that she wasn't challenged in class. And so she went to go see a pediatric psychologist who told her parents, look, the kid's just really smart. So they skipped her up some grades and she was actually able to graduate, I think at 13 years old. She graduated high school. Wow, 
congratulations to her. And finally, in last in my legal minute, former Black Panthers, Sandiata Okoli. He is finally out on parole after serving 49 years in jail. This was before our time, but this stems from an incident back in the 1970s when Okoli was found guilty of murdering New Jersey police officer Warner Forrester. It was during the traffic stop, and if you recall, he was in the vehicle with Asada Shakur, who was one of the first women that were on the FBI most wanted list. He was granted parole and he became eligible actually for early release back in 1993 mm. because of good behavior. But he was denied until now. So welcome home. Welcome home. And it's, it's kind of a bittersweet because he's early stage dementia. Yeah. Uh, and had COVID last year. So that's kind of why supporters of his were really pushing for that to let him live the rest of his life with his family and community. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Giannis, you still here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm All here. right. Cool. Listeners, y'all still here? All right, good. Now, let's get into some black excellence. I, I just want nothing but black excellence because you know what? One thing that really bothered me about that manifesto from what I heard, and this will be the last I talk about this, mm-hmm. was that black people were a subordinate race mm-hmm. and that we weren't able to achieve the things that the white culture was able to achieve. And that's why the black culture need to be eliminated. So I want to use the rest of the show to remind us who we are. And even if somebody's listening that's outside of our culture, we'll show you who we are. All right. All right. So let's start with somebody we all know, Steph Curry. So he got his college degree 13 years after being drafted. He was supposed to graduate in the class of 2010 mm-hmm. at Davidson College, where he played. But but he derailed his plans a bit and came back and finished his goal 12 years later. That seems to be going around a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it. Jerome Bettis, former running back. I guess I should say Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He went back and got his degree 28 years after he graduated. Wow. Anthony Anderson graduated from Howard. Yes, that's right. This summer, and there's somebody else. I'm, I'm for, oh, Jameis Winston. He graduated from Florida State mm-hmm. this summer. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be the year of athletes going back to get their diplomas. I don't know if it has something to do with what's been happening late. I know for Curry, he had to do a thesis, mm-hmm. and I believe his was dealing with the treatment of athletes and particularly, I think, af- black athletes and and how they're treated in sports and, and politics and whatnot. So it was tied into the climate of, of sports. I don't remember the exact thing. I didn't have to write a thesis when I graduated, so I was right. like, wait, you wrote a thesis? Right. It might be because I did an internship. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him as well as all these other athletes who are going back and making good on the promises they made their mothers. Yes. Or, <laughs> I, I, you know, for some of them, I think for Jerome and others too, it's like, well, how can I tell my kids to go right. get a college diploma when I don't even have one? Glad to see all these athletes going back and getting their degrees. Right. And shout out to the Prairie View A&M Panthers who claimed the 2022 SWAT Men's Outdoor Track and Field Championship title. They won the title in an impressive fashion back earlier this month. They were first place, Texas Southern did have second and Bethune Cookman finished third. Coach Chris Clay, mm-hmm. he also received Coach of the Year. So congratulations to him as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a list of other awards that the wonderful university, or I should say the university, Prairie View A&M University won. And y'all can read about that online. It's too many for us. Too many. But anyway, I know you're probably looking up an A&T story. So while you do that, Naomi Osaka. We got one coming up. We just that good. I don't have to. Whatever. It's there. Oh gosh, I didn't read everything. So Naomi Osaka. 
she is making history. She's starting her own sports agency. She recently left her previous agency, ING, and people believe it's with her intention to start her own agency called Evolve. She is the first female athlete to take control of her business endeavors and attempt to build an agency. So we wish her the best mm -hmm. with her new endeavor. And she's putting on another hat as well. She will also be the chief community health advocate of Modern Health Community Impact Program, which will be focused on destigmatizing mental health. As you know, she is a Grand Slam champion, and she took a break to focus on her mental health in the midst of a tournament. Congratulations to this, because this is a much needed program and initiative that we hope that she brings to the community. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Colorado, I, okay, this might've just, it's just probably been so much in the news that I forgot about this. Russell Wilson is going to the Broncos. He's not going, he's there. I mean, yeah, but that happened. Yeah. I thought that was like fake, but that was real. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I feel like so much has happened, so everything feels like a blur. Yeah, that was real. Oh, okay. Well, he's moving to Colorado, and him and his lovely wife, Sierra, they are bringing their house of LRNC fashion store to Colorado. I gotta tell my cousin so he can go on out there and pick up a couple of things for me. Mm. They have a quote unquote amazing clothing line, and they will bring their brands together because I guess Russell has his brand Sierra has her thing so the house of LRNC is supposed to be bringing both of their brands together right well there's a third person also yeah I guess that's the L well the L is love respect and care is what the LRC oh I thought love Russell and Sierra oh my bad it opened its first pop-up store in Seattle which was Russell and Sierra's former home they did that back in January when they wanted to expand their footprint Colorado came available and that'll be open mid-July I'll be out there oh I'm gonna go check it out. There you go. Yeah. Well, we're gonna jump out of sports. Let's celebrate some life. I put this story with a celebration of life because I feel like the civil rights era, for instance, it was literally about the people that made the movement. So I think this is a celebration of their contribution to our history. Mm -hmm. The civil rights history landmarks, they're gonna receive $16.2 million in grants from the National Park Service. Mm -hmm. Their director, Chuck Sams of the NPS, he said the African-American civil rights grants are critical to helping preserve and interpret a more comprehensive narrative of people, places, and events associated with the African-American civil rights movement. This is moving forward to help conserve structures that are symbolic. They're going to try to keep these historic places popping. What's happening? You know, this was on 2020. You know, that's my show on Fridays. You know, I'm busy. The Alabama-based schooner Cotilda, which was one of the last slave ships mm -hmm. used to bring Africans to the United States, they're also receiving a preservation grant to ensure that it isn't shrouded in the history books. There's going to be 44 projects across 15 states. Mm -hmm. That 16 million is a great start. It can go real quick when you got 44 projects, but let's see that being put to good use They've, and see what the history that we can preserve and have. This is coming on the heels two years ago. The National Park Service, they gave 7.7 .7 million in funding for restoring and conserving historical structures at HBCUs. They're doing their thing and let's keep this history yeah. preserved because- yeah, I mean, this is going to Tulsa's Greenwood District, Selma, the last standing 
new Negro League baseball stadium. Or one of the last. Yeah. And then also one of the mosques in Miami, which is a pillar for the black Muslim community there. Mm-hmm. This is something great that we definitely need to help make sure that these structures, as symbolic as they are, that they're still standing when our grandchildren and their grandchildren learn about the history. Nothing like hands-on history. So HBO, mm-hmm. they're developing Sula into a limited series based on the novel of Toni Morrison. Sula tracks the life of two black heroines from their close-knit childhood in a small Ohio neighborhood called The Bottom through their sharply diverged past to womanhood. Huh. So I'm not going to tell the whole story. I want to read the book now because I, I cannot stand watching the movie or watching the show before I read the book mm-hmm. because the book is always better. I want to read this book and then I'll comment on how the show is. This was just given the okay or the green light, if you will, to develop the series. So who knows when it will be aired on HBO or what channel it will be aired on. I'm really excited to see this happen. I wish more black books were like that because you know what to be a good one and all my black girls know fly girl that book would have been awesome as a series but mm, that's just to put it out there so some black director gets that idea you got it from the grapevine all right but anyway <laughs> I mean, if you don't copyright it isn't that what you said last week if you don't i don't want to do it so you you got it <laughs> you got it so black businesses are booming during the pandemic many businesses felt the pinch mm-hmm. right and about 41 percent shut their doors according to the 2020 census data mm-hmm. and we're out looking for relief trying to build their businesses back up but they're saying in 2021 that small businesses had the fastest clip in almost 26 years they shot back up businesses basically started hitting their stride in the summertime of 2021 and have been booming ever since wow that's good to hear they said that black owned businesses had the harder time pivoting mm-hmm. given the pandemic restrictions we operated on thinner margins we lacked relationships with banks and were shut out of many of the relief programs. The way that Black businesses have been able to turn themselves around and be able to get back on the plus side is spectacular. So shout out to all our Black entrepreneurs that are listening. We see you mm-hmm. and we're proud of you. Yeah. And one that we are shouting out is one owned by Maria Lee Driver. She's an entrepreneur from North Carolina who is the founder of Fresh Meat Pets which is an all-natural pet deodorizing product, including pet perfume, shampoo, and conditioner. She is, what's a football, what does NFL All-Pro mean? He's a great player. Oh, hmm. Herman Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does he do? He was a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions back in the 90s. He was an All-Pro receiver. He wasn't Hall of Famer, but he was a real good receiver. Hmm. Well, he's the chief executive officer of Team 84, and so they recently partnered with her, and hoping to expand their efforts and her reach. So congratulations to the both of them. I love to see black businesses partnering together. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Also, we have six black colleges that are getting cyber... Oh, here you go. Yeah, I don't know how you missed it. I I missed it. So they're getting cyber security centers. Yep. Y'all know one of them. The North Carolina A&T. And Xavier University of Louisiana, Southern University, Mm -hmm. Clark Atlanta, Morgan State University in South Carolina State. Uh As well as the North Carolina A&T. We probably already got one at Clarity knowing us. Y'all don't have it. These are the first ones. Y'all ain't got it. No, that's the first one from IBM. Maybe y'all can get into it. We probably made our own somewhere. They doing 20 so maybe y'all can get some on the back end when we show you how how it works that's cool anyway 
<laughs> yeah. Why so difficult? I'm not. You are. I'm just saying. You just saying. Okay. These are going to be great centers that's going to give the students, staff, and faculty access to modern technology. I know this is great, but the way that you're trying to rub it in, acting like Prairie View don't already have something like this, we they probably know. do. They they are going to you know see how we did, and we'll be like, you know what? We'll, we'll send our band teacher to come teach you how to do this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because he's from Prairie View. Yeah, that's what we're going to send. Like, you know what, man? Go go help them out. Well, you're yeah. such a hater. <laughs> also, want to shout out to Aisha Pinky Cole. She is the owner of a restaurant called Slutty Vegan. If you're not familiar, that is a restaurant out in Atlanta, plant-based restaurant that is soul food. So the CEO spoke to the class of 2022 during their commencement ceremony on Saturday, and she gifted the entire class a limited liability company or LLC. So every person in the class has their own business. She said that every single graduate in its audience will leave the stadium as a business owner. Mm -hmm. It was over 800 people. Of course, she's an alumni from Clark, Atlanta. So I guess that was a full circle moment right. uh, for her. And it was a surprise to the graduates. So. Right. And she partnered with Vero Bank to make this happen. Wow. People wondering who in the world is Pinky Cole? Well, she owns and operates Slutty Vegan, which is a $100 million vegan brand. And she is definitely helping inspire the future. So congratulations to all of the new entrepreneurs mm -hmm. Park Atlanta University. I, I mean, even as you talked about those black businesses that went out of business, not necessarily from COVID, mm -hmm. she talked about how she had a business and lost everything. Her car got repoed. She got kicked out of her house. She went flat broke and she almost lost her mind. Four years later, she owns and operates a $100 million vegan brand. Let me tell you, the rock bottom will make you just, whoo, that fire at the bottom will make you just rise up and hope that anybody listening that might be at that place at that bottom know that there is sunshine on the other side. Just the way to get going is to go through it. So mm -hmm. keep pushing. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of things shutting down, you heard about Lincoln College, the HBCU. They actually closed their doors yeah. after 157 years. Yeah. Lincoln College, if you don't know, is HBCU located in Illinois. And they failed to raise millions of dollars to help recover from low student enrollment during a pandemic and was also hit by a cyber attack. Basically, from both of which situations they haven't recovered yet. Mm -hmm. so the president came out and said that this loss was immense. But hopefully, maybe one day they can come back. This is why your job puts you to the training about using the internet and opening phishing emails and the whole nine. I don't know the oh, extent yeah. of the cyber attack, but I imagine it, somebody probably clicked on an email that was a phishing kind of deal or could be some ransomware. This is why you gotta be diligent with those emails you open up. And, and hopefully- not only just the emails, don't forget these little spam callers. Cause I promise if another person calls me that I bought a cell phone on Amazon. I, I've been getting WhatsApp. <laughs> messages yeah? oh yeah oh my gosh they're they, they they're branching out wow i've actually even got some text messages and they don't even have the person's name yes hey, this is Jimmy. Uh, yes. i don't know i don't know you we good. Or click this link um yeah. for your order or yep yeah y'all be careful yeah they are getting very sophisticated with their efforts yeah but like so, i said yeah. hopefully the school can come back at some point down the road and we'll see right Right. Into black tech. Wow. We've been talking about him a couple of times. Robert Smith. Mm -hmm. He is really giving back. He is donating $15 million to Cornell's College of Engineering to support underrepresented students. The funds from this gift will be focused on assisting undergraduate students who come to Cornell from underserved and underrepresented communities and graduate students who attended HBCUs. So if that's you, and I told you today's show, we're giving out you some tips. 
Mm-hmm. So go ahead and apply. And I believe, I don't know what the link is to go and apply, but we'll put the article on our site and hopefully they'll have something out soon. I hope these schools are learning. If you invite Robert to Listen. get an award, an honorary degree, yep. he won't take care of you. He will take care of you. He had made this announcement after he accepted the Cornell Distinguished Alumni Award, mm-hmm. which recognizes engineering alumni who professional accomplishments bring distinction to the college. Mm-hmm. So you give him an award, he gonna take care of you. Because when Morehouse, when he paid the tuition at Morehouse, did they give him a degree or they I think he was the commencement speaker. That's right. He was uh, a commencement speaker that year and he paid their tuition. <laughs> the only one he didn't do, I, I won't say it. Don't do it. I won't do okay. it. Okay. And last but not least, this one, it made me chuckle when I first read it because I didn't know, but I didn't realize technology was this far. So, legendary musician Stevie Wonder, he is excited and curious about smart glasses. He ain't blind. I knew you were going to say that. I've had so many friends and family say that. I've told you that many times. I know, but I don't want to believe y'all. Okay, so they're being made by a Dutch tech company, Mm -hmm. and the glasses are created to translate images into words for the blind. Mm -hmm. So the glasses have a built-in camera with audio that photographs an object and describes the image for the person that's wearing it. He was sampled the eyewear while he was at a conference, and he seems to like the prototype yeah. and wants to continue along with helping with the testing. They shot him a pair to use and mm-hmm. helped him test it out. He stopped by and was intrigued, and this is groundbreaking technology. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so many applications that this will be able to be put used to used to for blind individuals, and technology is doing its thing, even though I stand by my earlier statements. Technology <laughs> is doing what? their Thing. I don't think any. I listeners don't believe that. Yeah, some of them they know. They, uh, we don't believe that. They they know. Stevie Wonder is blind. He's now able to read labels at grocery stores <laughs> and find his own keys with the glasses. He was doing that anyway. He got y'all food. Uh, he got us food. How do you know? Uh, what did he do? He, he has done. I've, has I've done told you the like story, it. and you can Google it. It's out there where Stevie is on stage with a bunch of people. They all standing around talking. Somebody knocks over a microphone stand. The one person who reached out and caught it is who? Stevie okay, Wonder. because he can hear and he has a sense of... So he's Batman now too, right? Where he's... No, his, they his have a heightened sense of... Was tingling. But usually the blind have a heightened sense of hearing and their other senses are heightened. So he can... This is on stage. Oh, loud noise. Y'all, um, y'all don't believe this. Shaq has a story. Shaq is the story, same way. Y'all send me the article. I don't believe it. Shaq is the same way. Shaq said they used to you know, live in the same building. What he said? He knew Shaq was in the elevator and what floor Shaq was going to and the whole nine. Shaq like, yeah, he, he ain't lying. Look. Somebody might have told him, though. It was just him and Shaq in the elevator. I know, but somebody might have told him in advance what floor Shaq lives on. Y'all be so extra. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I hope that this last portion of our show was just brought people's hearts a little bit lighter in the midst of this, this period of grief I feel like the community is going through. But I also wanted this show to remind people of how excellent our community is. Oh, yeah, I know. Show people that there are so many innovators, creators, and just pure assets to not only just the community, but mm-hmm. the world. And I hope our show just highlights some of that that's out there. I can tell you that when they hear stories about the North Carolina A&T, it lifts their spirit so much and make them feel better so I'm always happy to do that and sing some some, some love and make y'all feel
feel good and we'll hit you with some Texas State stuff next week but yeah I like the way you try to sneak that in there okay sneak what in there about Texas State B? you know what before we go gotta remind y'all of a couple of things so for social media Facebook and Instagram we are on the grapevine talk and Twitter we at the grapevine ATX podcast you can hear our show on podbean google podcast iHeartRadio, spotify fm player pandora tune in and listen i think that's all we will check in with y'all next week yeah <laughs> bye y'all <laughs>